Today is May 21st. The Yankees just won big comeback versus the Orioles, but today we are taking voicemails. We got a lot of good questions. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm ready. Let's talk Yanks. What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in and hanging out with us for a little bit as we talk some Yanks. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey, and I have my co-host Jake coming to you from Denver, Colorado. He's a transplanted Yankee fan, born and raised in Connecticut. And we are sitting here, 11.17 p.m. I'm still high off that comeback win, but this isn't the recap episode, Jake. This is the voicemail episode. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. Um, Man, it was one of those cool games where you felt like the Yanks could so easily do it, mostly because it's the Orioles, and then they did it. And, I mean, just in this fun streak, I think I I said it a lot last year, Jim. It felt like there was a bunch of games last year where if it was a 10-inning game, the Yanks would have won. They figured it out this year. Nine-inning game. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to win it within the nine. And um, I, you know, quick math, just just adding one win, but twenty three and eight in our last thirty one games. That's really good. It's really really uh, good. So it, it's uh, it's hard not to smile. Um, that's that's where I'm at, Jimmy. How are you doing? I'm I'm really happy. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm I'm really hot. It's really hot here. I got to put the air conditioners in. I got to turn the fan off while I record because it's too loud. So by the end of this, my face will be as red as it's ever been, and I'll be sweating. But You look really good in that light blue shirt. I think it's like a Tommy Bahama shirt. It's very comfortable, but it's kind of gross now. But I wear it. It's a once-a-week shirt. It's a once-a-week shirt. Yeah. It looks good. It kind of brings out your eyes a little bit. I was going to comment one of your videos today. Uh, I thought you looked good, but I'll tell you now. Thanks. Thanks. I, I appreciate no that. Did you lick a boot? No, no. So there's there's a lot of online debates going on. What's the situation with the boot? Uh, for the comeback against the Rays, because I knew that one was going to need a little extra juju, I said I'll lick my boot. I said I'll lick a shoe mm-hmm. if the Yankees come back and win. Um, I don't think we need to make that an everyday thing. I thought um, it was going to be. I thought it was like, I thought we were going to make, you were going to do it so often it just, that I had it, a, a a cartoon drawn of you licking uh, uh, some Tim's and like it was going to be on a shirt and it was going to be called boot licking season. And it was going to be a whole rally cry. It turns into the, one of those things where I pictured you at the wild card game and the whole crowd's chanting, lick that boot, lick that boot. And then everyone's throwing their boots at you and keep, yeah, keep coming. Your tongue is five years later. Okay. We got it. It's, we got it. It's five. It's, there was a world where it's five years later 
And yeah, I'm on the jumbotron licking my boot. I'm I'm essentially the Yankees rally monkey, and I don't want to live that life. But I do want to live in a world, and there was a couple people who did it with me, that if the Yankees really need a rally, not, not a down 6-1 to the Orioles and let's just rake and mop these guys, but if we really need a rally, I think I'm going to throw it out there what I'm going to offer to do. And then if someone wants to join me and throw out their own thing, they're more than welcome in that. Okay. Right. Um, so, like, yeah, kind of a team-building thing. Yeah, I mean, I just I like, the, I like you going around the stadium licking boots eventually. Um, no, nope. Well, we'll see how it goes. Going around the stadium licking boots. Like everyone's just throwing their boot to you. Lick this one bitch. Lick this one bitch. We have an assembly line then passing boots to you. That's funny. Know know whose boots I'd consider licking, Jim? Uh, G.R. Shellis. Our newest Patreon subscribers who are bringing you this episode today. Okay, great. Jimmy, Joseph Patwell. Send your boot, You like Joe. that. Yeah. Joe Pat. Joe Pat. Joe Patwell. That sounds like an old Civil War name. And then they were led by Joe Patwell. Yeah. And Joseph they, Patwell. They, they won. Uh, thanks, Joseph. Michael Flynn. Yep. Yeah. Mickey Flynn. Mickey that, Flynn. Mickey Flynn's. And then we got Katie Cupido. She's a repeat customer. Her name's been around before. You know Katie Cupido, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Joe, Mike, Kate, send your boots. Jake said he wants to lick them. Uh, don't send your boots. Um, I'll when I see you, I owe you three a boot licking. Um, and a shout out. <laughs> a shout out to my man. Um, I told you I sent you a text while while we we're getting started. I told you I met a nice man. Um, I came into the little room I liked recording in my apartment building, and there was a guy blaring techno, writing all sorts of nerdy stuff on the whiteboard behind me. And I had the room reserved, so I did kind of the look in, and I was like, maybe I could just find a quiet area. And he saw me, and he waved me in. He's like, oh, you're good. You can use the room, man. Um, he's like, oh, I've seen you around. What's your name? I was like, I'm Jake. He goes, my name's Moeen. Moeen? I was like, Moeen. Moeen. And I was, I was like, I, I hate to be rude, man, but I, I don't know what you just said. <laughs> um, M-O-E-E-N. Moeen. Moeen. Fetch um, me Moeen. Fetch me Moeen. So he he was really nice. He was like, hey, we should hang out sometimes. And then he goes, I'm moving in three weeks. <laughs> Moeen, this has been a whirlwind, but it was very nice to meet you, my man. Uh, so he's a he's a fake sponsor for today's episode, but he does not get the two entries to win a real Yankees jersey, no name on the back every month, which our Patreon members do. And they get some bonus footage. They get to watch us live right now. I know the chat's going off right now, Jim. An exciting night like tonight? Are you kidding me? Yeah, Spike's spikes in here. Oh, baby, he said. Oh, baby. So check out our Patreon, TalkingYanks.com. Or no, Patreon slash TalkingYanks. Go check check out TalkingYanks.com. Let's get some voicemails going. We're excited. This is our first Just Voicemail app. Sharp Stats will be tomorrow. Yes. Yes. We got a good Um, amount of voicemails, Jake. Uh, I don't know what's the best order to go in, so I'm just going to go random, okay? Go go by feel, yeah. Well, this is a tough one. I'm going to start with this because we can kind of just laugh at it. It's... uh, it kind of plays in. This is such a mood killer. 
Okay. Here's Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. Perfect. Killing the mood after all this. Jesse Sprung is in the chat. He's a recent Patreon. I thought it was a girl at first. I thought you got all jazzed up because you thought it was a hot girl's name, but I think it's a guy. Uh, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, you're like Jesse Sprung. Ooh. Let's bring it down with AO. Hey, guys. Andrew from Mel's Kitchen. So, uh, uh, Glaber's plate discipline this year, it's uh, gotten worse. He's been swinging at a lot of uh, high fastballs and sliders down and away. On top of that, uh, other than the Orioles, I haven't really seen him hit that many, you know, of his big opposite field home runs that he was doing at the beginning of last year. So, uh, yeah, I, I still think Glaber's good. I just think he took a little bit of a step back from last year. I mean, we'll see what he does, uh, you know, in June against other competition, but I do want to see a little more against teams that are not the Orioles. Your thoughts? It, it's actually good timing and bad timing. He gets he gets saved a little bit by the Orioles caveat, but also no. <laughs> um. Yeah, Glaber's discipline's been a little worse. I think that's a true stat. He is crushing the Orioles, um, but this is kind of like when everyone said the Yankees haven't won a game versus a 500 team when they had played five games versus teams. It's like right. they they play who's on the schedule. Glaber has really good stats right now versus who is on the schedule. You can't fault him because he hasn't played a good team yet. Like, wait for that to happen before it becomes a fault. Yeah, and and Jimmy, there's... So, Andrew, who's a big fan of ours, we we truly appreciate Andrew. He, uh, he sends us a lot of DMs, and he's super into it, and he's kind of this new sabermetric analytics type of fan. He added me. There's a Yankees ch- chat out there on Twitter. Oh, you're in that? I got out so quick. Oh, I tried. I lasted two days. Um... And the problem is they don't talk sabermetrics. Um, boom, <laughs> roasted. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's there's still just this disconnect that, like, baseball is still a sport. Like, I, I, I was trying to think of an easy example. I didn't, I didn't say a word in there before I exited. But, like, things you can't measure that is so real life. Like, hey, Mark Teixeira's cold starts when he used to be on a Yankees. There's gonna be no saber metrics that'll make that'll ever make sense of that. But was it real, Jim? Yeah, very real. So real, and it's so still. It's still so early in the season. I'll I'll go to Christian Yelich winning the NL MVP after kind of just being an All Star. Like so much can happen over the course of a baseball season. We're about one fifth of the way through the season, a fourth of the way through the season. So we're coming like, up on a third in my mind. Yeah, I think we're just over a fourth because, yeah, I think it's we're a little over 40 games. Um, so it's you c- people still could still have an incredible three quarters of a baseball season. Um, so I, I don't know. Don't don't get too down on guys yet. Don't get too high on guys yet. Um, as we've seen in the past, <laughs> uh, what is it, five days now? Glaber Torres has five home runs, something like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot can change quickly in baseball. Yep. And like I said, right now he's crushing the Orioles. He's playing the Orioles. Yeah. Like we can't be like, well, I got to see it versus a real team. Well, I mean, we just wait, patiently wait. It may happen. Probably will. Want, I'd bank on also, it happening. Also one nine out of 10 series <laughs> coming up on 10 on 11. So, yeah. 
Hey guys, it's Bubok from Nebraska. A couple things here uh, that I noticed. Um, and I, I'm surprised that nobody else picked it up. Maybe it's just me. Um, during yesterday's broadcast on Sunday, uh, Michael K was uh, talking about something and he said that, uh, you know, this is brought to you by Bigelow T. And I wasn't really paying attention to the broadcast then, and I thought, when he said that, I thought he said, uh, uh, brought to you by Big Old Titties, so Big Old T, or maybe he said Big Old T's, but I thought he said Big Old Titties. I thought that was funny. And then my other thing is, uh, the guy, the pitcher who, uh, who pegged, uh, Giancarlo in the knee, I wonder if he was, like, scared there for a little bit, like, if Giancarlo looked at him and was like, what the hell, dude? Come on, bro. Uh, you know, guy, I'd be, I'd be scared. That's just me. All right. Thanks, guys. Peace. I'm going to guess that the guy, so big old titties, big old T. You ever had that? Yeah, mistake? I think a lot of our listeners are only going to hear that from now on. I'm, I'm feeling a lot of mentions on Twitter on that, which is fine. Um, just maybe don't send any pictures with it. Okay. The Giancarlo stuff, which is good because we yeah. get the can segue into Giancarlo a little bit. Uh he was like rehabbing an extended spring, so playing against other Yankees farm hands. Nice. And, yeah, you like that? And uh one of them hit him in the knee. Jake and I joked about this. I don't know, it was a pregame show or just in a private conversation. But yeah, that guy had to be so scared. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's a bad time for that guy for a little bit. Shitting bricks. I mean, did he not give him the cookiest of cookies after, like, the next time he faced him, if he did? I mean, I think he was supposed to anyway. <laughs> um, there was definitely a moment of fear. Giancarlo probably put on a mean face for a little bit. Then once Giancarlo processed everything, he's like, oh, shoot, this kid is actually a lot more terrified uh, than anyone else is. So Giancarlo is probably like, you're good, dude. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, yeah. I think Giancarlo I, I think is probably so. very... I don't think Giancarlo likes him now. I think he didn't for a firm, angry couple minutes. And then he put he did the math in his head, and he's like, oh, my God, this guy so didn't want to hit me. Um, maybe even dropped like a Mr. Stan in, and then he was like, okay, you don't have to do this, buddy. Did you see... The, the interview from Giancarlo today. So he played his first rehab game, single A game, right? Right. One yard. Uh, one for three, two strikeouts, and one bomb home run. Did you see the interview afterwards, Jake? I did not. This, this guy, this reporter that's down there, opens up with, so what happened to the shoulder? And he touches like both of his shoulders, you know? It's like, what happened mm-hmm. to the shoulder? And Stanton just stares at him. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? I'll fucking murder you right here, dude. Yeah. And uh, so the guy, he doesn't, Stan doesn't answer. So the guy goes, was it a strain or like what? I'm just, what happened? Nope. And he said something, but Stan stared at him again and then just said uh, it was something with the bicep. I don't know. Something like that. But it was like very scary. Yeah, that was that was a mistake by the reporter. Then another reporter, female reporter. Say you just you say how did that home run feel today? Yeah, that's your question. And then the next reporter, she asked, "Are you surprised with what the Yankees are doing?" 
And he said, you guys are surprised. I'm not surprised. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think he handles the media good, but he definitely pushes back, which I like. Yeah. I like. Well, he he was king of the world in Miami. (laughs) The, uh, but the, like the shoulder stuff is weird. That guy just asked about his injury. Like he's recovering from his injury. And the question was, so what was the injury? And it's just daggers. Don't ask. Yeah. No. No, I I would. What are you, I my mother? I wouldn't say the word shoulder at all. I'd be my first question would be, how did that home run feel? And then my second question would be like, um, how did it feel to be out on the field again? And then like my third question would be like, your legs feel good. And Giancarlo would be pretty creeped out by at that point. But um, at least I want to get daggers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wanted to kill that guy. All right, next question. No one has a problem with CC Sabathia. It's that we just don't trust Boone will take him out at the right time and leave him in one batter too long. Thank you. <laughs> Quick to the point uh, voicemail. Uh, I will say this to that guy who called in. Thank you for calling in. You don't speak for the people that tweet at me uh, about CC every single day. Yeah. So. You speak for yourself. You don't have a problem with CC. Your worry is that Boone will mess up. There are tons of people that tweet at Jake and I all the time telling us that CC's garbage and terrible. So, Yankee fans. So that's who we respond to. So if it gets annoying because you don't feel that way, I apologize. That would be annoying. There's a ton of people out there that don't like CC Sabathia and think he's currently a bad pitcher for the Yankees. That's who, we, yeah, think- that's who we're responding to. I think there's a funny thing going on right now where Yankee fans are just a little ageist, and if all of baseball's it, ageist, when I all all free agency, I found out that 32 was like like Keiko's 32. They're acting like he's the oldest person to ever play the sport. These kids. So I see you're not tied to this at all, but yeah, um, no. If 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 an old guy does something wrong, they're dead and there's no recovery. And it's that whole baseball thing I opened up with where there's still three quarters of a season left. Like you can still have a great season this year in major league baseball. Nothing's been dictated yet, but people are, people just assume the grass is greener on the other side, whether it's a young guy or whatever it is. Um, so, in like yeah, five I mean, years, if this trend continues in five years, people are going to be calling 28 year olds old. Yeah. Because it's crazy who gets considered We're old. Now no. it's just it's nuts, and it's pretty funny. We're we're what ten years or so removed from the steroid generation, where guys were doing it <laughs> into their forties, like still still throwing heat. Barry Bonds is winning MVPs and stuff. So funny, funny how the cycle goes sometimes. Yeah. All right, next. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan from Massachusetts, originally from Connecticut. Hey, I got a question. Watching Sunday's game, Estrada just hit the big double. Um, with Estrada, you know, seemingly being a player, Torres obviously being a player, and LeMahieu signed for another year. Do you think it's possible that the Yankees just let Dean walk? Um, you know, he's going to command a pretty good salary, probably seventeen, eighteen million a year, something along those lines. With Gary needing to be signed, Judge needing to be signed in the near future, um, Torres needing to be signed, et cetera, et cetera. Just want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. I'm a huge Dean fan, but it is a business, so let's hear. I'd like to hear what you guys think. Right. Thanks. Later. Thanks, man. Thanks, Dan. It's a question that. Right now, we can entertain it. It's still early, but 
Yeah, there, there's this very likely scenario where Didi doesn't come back with Glaber playing so many games at shortstop and being the future and DJ being around. It kind of blows because Didi's been nothing but spectacular uh, for us these last three seasons. Three seasons? Two seasons? Three? Uh, three, I believe, right? And he's got gotten better every year. Better every year. He's fun. He's personable. Um, like a leader and like a really fan favorite. So to say he's not coming back sucks. If you just look at the business side of things, it makes sense for the, it would make a lot of sense business wise to not bring him back because he may go command a lot of money that we have in house for a lot less money, but that's a bummer to think about. And I don't want to do it. Yeah, it it is, and I I actually got really deep in the weeds in this this off season. Um, man, big time free eight, big time shortstops do not hit free agency. The last big time shortstop to hit free agency was Jose Reyes in twenty eleven, um, and he got over a hundred mil contract. My me and our buddy Joe G on Twitter, we we placed a gentleman's bet over whether Didi is going to get over $75 million contract. Um, and I think for sure he is um, just for how valuable the shortstop position is. And that, that was on the context that he comes back and he looks like Didi. That's the biggest thing here. I mean, the, this conversation changes a whole lot. If Didi comes back for three months and he looks pretty meh, um, you know, that that's going to look a lot differently, but um, if he comes back and looks like Didi Gregorius, that dude is going to get paid. I will say this. The Yankees do like Didi. They like his lefty bat. They like his glove. Um, I think there's there's a clear difference between where him and Glaber's gloves are at currently. Um, Glaber can get there. He's got all the talent in the world. But there there is a world where Brian Cashman's uh, blackboard, whiteboard, doesn't have Didi's name on it. Um I don't know. I think we saw with the LeMahieu signing that there, this team is never going to be shy to have extra depth. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I wouldn't be worried about Tyro. I was worried when they signed, if they signed Manny Machado, I thought that was going to be Didi's death card. So there's, there's still hope. And I mean, dude, Didi could come back and be like our go-to <laughs> three hitter again. <laughs> I hope he is. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope he is. Didi, so a Didi update, Didi started playing some extended spring training games. He had an error in the arm, in the field, a throwing error, said he was just excited, and he got some at-bats. I don't know what the results of them were. I don't care much. Just good that he's getting at-bats. And they're saying he's going to be back in June, which is cool. Yeah. That'll be big. That'll be big. All right. Next up. John Boone and Jake. It's Mike from Long Island. Two quick things. First, I don't know if you guys have seen DJ LeMay, who's scoreboard picture but it's hysterical that's too big for his head he looks like a sweaty kid in gym class that just tried way too hard running bases and now he's sitting in his chair again uh other than that domingo herman can't be more pleased with what he's been doing what do you see his role moving forward in the coming season as a Yankee? thanks for the time bye guys all right uh hold on this next let's do just do scoreboard for now uh send me that okay. picture yeah Send us the picture. Next time anyone's at the game and DJ's on the scoreboard, send me the picture. Jimmy, you know, I haven't been putting a display on hair-wise recently, although I just got this money haircut, but uh, DJ LeMahieu could use a little hair help. 
uh, he doesn't care. I know, I know, but I like, like if, it. If, if if he wasn't, if we were, if we were bringing in like, if they were doing an episode of Queer Eye Yankees, I think the first thing they would go to is DJ Lemayhew's hair, and he'd, he'd spit his dip into his cup and just walk away and say, "Don't care." Yeah, he'd put in a giant gonger, and then like Karamo would or something. But anyways, um, Domingo, or we got another voicemail about that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jake. First time, long time. So I'm thinking, uh, having not pitched over 85 Major League innings, that Herman will be on a innings limit this year. And with Sevy out, Tanaka hurt, Paxton hurt. Uh, what are we looking towards in terms of getting some pitching depth? What can we look at for that second half of the season and going forward? All right. Go Yanks. Yeah. So the innings limit really ties into our answer on the future for Herman. A realization right. that Mike Axiza had, uh, you had, Recently, it's like, shit, Domingo has only, the most innings he ever thrown is 121 innings in 2014. Is that correct? Yeah, it's something like that. And I do, I, Bronx Pinstripes had it too. I do want to give it credit if they had it first. I don't know the order of operations, but I, I did see it from them too. So but we're, well, not, we're not thieves over here. <laughs> they can have the innings limit history. Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll give that to them. Um, but yeah, 2014, which... It's scary, Jim. I, I mean, it's the classic, like, <laughs> sometimes you forget what year it is. A, that's five years ago. <laughs> and B, we're going to be sneaking up on that quick. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. You could see him go to the bullpen for a little bit. You could see them juggling some stuff with CeCe. Um, your guy, Monty, throwing peppers down down on the farm right now. And yeah. what's going on with Seve? And I think Monty's a good case study. He, the most he had thrown was 139 pitches in the minor leagues, 139 innings in the minor leagues before 2017. And at the end of 2017, they did bring in Jaime Garcia to split his starts to limit him down the yeah. stretch. He ended up with 155 innings pitched at the end of the season. So that is uh, like 15 more. That's not that much more. That would put yeah. that would put Herman at like a halted pace, but they're they're going to be very careful with this because it can really mess you up. I don't think they're going to like do what the Nationals did with Strasburg. They're going to try to figure out the way to limit him while still being able to pitch, not just completely shut him down once playoffs come. I hope that's if he's on pace. We do have a lot of help coming. Like if Monty and Sevy both come back then you have a lot of options to limit starts here and there to yeah. to skip a start go him like they should definitely go to a six man rotation if they are healthy enough to do it towards the end because you have a lot of guys that just health wise and innings wise Paxton's never thrown 200 innings Herman's never thrown 130 innings Sevy's going to be coming off injury maybe he can take a whole chunk if he's healthy and he had like the first half of the season he was out of it you know and yeah. the rest of the guys can kind of just mix and match. We saw them do it with Lance Lynn. Uh, actually, he kind of just got in the rotation last year. But we saw them do it with Jaime Garcia and Jordan Montgomery in 2017. And I do think we will see Herman manipulated uh, in the rotation later on in the season. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the magic number I have in my head. I, I'd say it's probably including playoffs, they're probably only going to give Herman 150 innings. That's max. what I, that's why I was at in my head too. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, you're you're gonna see a juggle at some point, and and there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. I mean, how how many starts and how many games do we do we look back and be like, oh, you know, should they have given Happer an extra inning? Should they have given Herman an extra inning? Uh, there's gonna be a point in this season where that's not gonna be a debate with Herman. Uh, so you you might have to juggle some bullpen stuff or see what that looks like. And man, we we've seen it in almost every postseason now. Um, how important it is to kind of have a special weapon coming out of the bullpen. You know, Domingo Herman could end up being that guy for the Yankees. Um, but also, if he goes on continuing to win Pitcher of the Month awards, uh, they might have to do some funky stuff to to have him lined up to be a starter in the playoffs for us. So um, it it's going to be interesting. I think they, they're going to let it ride, obviously, um, for a few more weeks, and then when you get some more updates on Monty and Seve, I think you start doing a game plan. Right now, he's at 50 innings pitched, and like Jimmy said, we're uh, you know in between a quarter and a third of the season. So yeah, I mean they're they're going to start looking out for it more. But at the same time, you can only plan out so much with baseball. Um, and we'll we'll see where other injuries come up and Domingo's health and everything. But it's uh it's definitely it's on it's on the radar. Yeah, it's going to be monitored. So it's a good question, good good conversation to have, and we'll have to start having it more and more as the season goes. Hey guys, Matt from North Jersey. Um, this last Yankees lose to Tampa, and a thought's going through my mind regarding how much this team hits for contact, particularly Aaron Hicks. Now, Aaron Hicks is a good five-tool player, high war guy, but I, I kind of saw with him hitting today the same issues we saw over and over last year where they take too many pitches with runners on, and it almost seems like the guy's going up there trying to walk. It's as simple as this. I think the Yankees got to look more at contact rate. And overall, honestly, since 2015, going back to the Royals, the team who hits for the most contact wins the World Series, not the team who walks and homers the most. Just If you got a runner on second, hit a single. Don't stare two pitches down the middle and try to get on base. That's not how it works. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks for the call. There, There's something to this, but I think the Yankees – Address this. I think you need a balance, and they will have a balance. God damn it, Jake. We didn't cover the Golden State game. They won by two. Damn. Sorry. And, uh, they brought in DJ. He's a contact guy. We lost Anduhar. He was a contact guy, but we lost him. Um, Hicks, he's not. I mean, Judge is and isn't. I wouldn't really. Yeah. Like, Judge is. He's. He hits for average. He's an MV, he's MVP yeah. caliber player. He doesn't so. <laughs> fall into one of those car- categories for me. I mean, Stanton's average is usually higher, but he's definitely more strikeouts. Gary is more strikeouts, but I don't know. Gary, I mean, Gary's having a great season right now. Best, uh, what I'm trying to say is in baseball. they they have a, like brought in diff- more contact guys, right? And I think that this small ball that we're playing will translate a little more. I think last year they thought they were too good altogether for like contact rate. And I thought they, I think they thought they were too good for um, small ball. And I thought they think they were, you know, we're a home run team and let's not mess up the home runs. They, they will be a home run team, but I do think that they kind of rested on their laurels a little bit this year and said, I think the contact thing is, you know, let's get some of that. And I think this stretch 
with the young guys and having to earn runs and create runs, I think Boone and the team and just the vibe of the team, like even when Didi's back and and Judge is back, I I do think and I it, this is more hopeful thinking that it will see we'll see it come along with them. I hope because I I do think that he is correct. Like we need to do more of that than we did last year. Last year they definitely thought they could just walk and home run every game through. And I think, uh, like Voight can hit for average, is hitting for average, and he yeah. can he can hit singles to right. Gary had a single today. Uh, I think we're going to see a little more of it, but it's also just kind of hopeful thinking. If we don't see it, I think I'm going to be a little upset. Yeah, and I mean, it, I mean, Didi's great with the bat, depending when he comes back. Urshel has been great with the bat. Glaber, we we already covered him. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see when when these guys start coming back. I I think the bigger thing is it's it's just kind of a new year. Um, and again, this is almost so much Jakey on analytics for a guy that likes analytics, but this is a new season. Um, you know, I think every Yankee fan kind of kind of felt it today when the Yankees started rallying this game that it was like we can do it. Where I think last year. It was a little bit of the mentality like we're going to come short or we're going to try to hit the home run ball. So maybe the contact stuff does play into it. But um, we're we're playing great winning baseball. When Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, any of those guys come back, be happy about it. And let's see what it looks like. You know what? Maybe, maybe instead of a single to move it to the next guy, it's a three-run home run to move it to the next guy, which wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, I'll take the three-run home run today that we got. Sure. Next. But I I do think that last year I was on the side that their strategy's fine, you know, get guys on base and then hit them in. And I was definitely saying that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think I was wrong. I think we learned that you need more contact. You need guys like DJ LeMayu. I think that's I don't think you need nine guys like DJ LeMayu. I think you you but you need guys like DJ LeMayu like what Urshel has been doing for us and Voight's been doing. And I think that we did see a difference or we are seeing a yeah. difference. And uh, even, even in today's game, and one thing I want to go back to the original thing, they said they saw Hicks and, you know, the contact walks up. Hey, it's today was Hicks's fifth game of the season. Um, jumping in the middle of the season. Like what? <laughs> Don't form opinions on Aaron Hicks yet. It's like some, someone said, oh, Gardy's no longer a gold glover in left after his bad plays today. Today was Gardy's fifth game in left field this season. No one nuts that is? Um, it's, it's almost Memorial Day. That is um, weird. That's, that's insane, but he's been playing so much center field because Hicks was out. Um, anyways, um, so let's, let's not make big judgments there, but I will say this. When we had runners on second and third and we needed to run this game, DJ LeMahieu came up, and I was like, well, we've got a pretty good chance. He's going to put the ball in play. That's a good feeling. Hicksy came up, and I was a little scared until I saw his numbers versus Michael Givens, four for seven, um, and he hit a long fly ball earlier when that's all we needed. But um, And also, shout out to our girl, KT Sharp. Aaron Hicks, and this is a little weird, and you can oh, I was form gonna, what you want. Are you doing it. bases loaded stat? I was just going to say this. Yeah, Aaron Hicks, three for forty with the bases loaded, o seventy five. Um, that's the lowest among active players with more than thirty bases loaded at bat. So, a little weird, but oh, I, that's I not mean, what I was kind do. of play. Oh, so, so her other bases loaded stat she had about Aaron Hicks uh, the other day. Someone asked her. 
And we we were all over this last year with Aaron Hicks. He like led the yeah. league in bases loaded walks. He is one of the few players that swings less with the bases loaded than his normal at bats. Almost every other player in the major league swings more when the bases are loaded right. to try and drive in runs. That is the most frustrating thing about Aaron Hicks' approach at the plate, in my opinion, for me. Yeah, he's a. It, it's a different kind of player. Again, I, it, it's become a joke a little bit, but he was the second best center fielder in the AL last year Come to the God. best player in baseball. So, all right, here we go. Okay, okay. Sam from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Listen, it wasn't that dumb a question. I just phrased it wrong. My real question is this. How serious of a contender can we be if the guys from the IL either don't come back or they don't come back right? That's my question. How plausible is it that we could win the World Series with the guys that we have instead of the guys that are on the IL right now? Let me know what you think. Jake? Do you remember this question? We laughed at him. Yeah, I have like an angry sports radio answer. Should I say it? Yeah, say it. You're angry. Wow, Sam's really making you angry. Two calls in a row. I, I guess I'm not angry at Sam. I'm more angry at myself that this is the first thing that jumped into my head. The Red Sox World Series MVP was Steve Pierce. Was their, AL, their ALCS MVP was Jackie Bradley Jr., who I think is currently hitting worse than I am this season. Um, yes, there's still so many good players on this team. We're twenty three and eight in our last thirty one games. Like y- you can do any. This is what sports is about. <laughs> this is what sports is about. This is why I like sports. Um, so yeah, it it'll be harder if Severino doesn't come back and he's not a stud. It'll be harder if Judge comes back and he's not a stud. But well, here's my hot take radio answer then. Here's your hot take. Judge needs to be judge for this team to win a World Series. Okay. Judge needs to be back and needs to be judge. Can he be Can he be like a figurehead judge? Could he be like 80% judge? 80% physical stats? Like stats, like his like batting and playing the I field? I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. 80% judge. But that needs to happen for this... I don't see them winning a World Series without Judge. Mookie had a bad playoffs. That's all I'm saying. But he is on the field with them, playing. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I think I do think figurehead Judge is important. <laughs> like having that monster in our lineup uh-huh. and the fear factor. How often did we talk about that last year? Like Aaron Judge can change a game instantly. Yeah. So I do think this team right now can compete. They're they're winning. They're winning against bad teams, but they're winning. And like you said, Steve Pierce and JBJ were the MVPs. Like the playoffs, uh, David Freeze from like 2011. Like the playoff is all about unlikely heroes, and that's exactly what this 2019 team is about. So maybe we're set up perfect. How about that? Yeah. I mean, it's also just pitching, pitching, pitching. Yeah, pitching's been really good for a month. Hey, what's up, John Boyd, Jake? It's Sam calling again from the Jersey Shore. Uh, first off, I was at the game on Friday. It was freaking awesome. And um, second of all, I just had a random thing pop into my head. If you could compile five Yankees past and present to uh, compete in a competitive eating tournament, who are your five picks? I mean, CeCe and Aaron Judge are probably the first to come off uh, the top of my head, and maybe Stanton. Just wondering what you guys' thoughts are. Looking forward to hearing the episode. Peace. 
past and present eating competition way back in the way back, Jake, when we probably had a third of our following and we, you and I did, it was before the 2018 season. We did a all time fat Yankee show. Right. Where we named all our, the best fat Yankees. And Uh, I do think this is a different question, by the way, fat, fat Yankees doesn't necessarily translate to my best eating Yankees. Okay. That's fine. I agree. Although I do think, are are we just going to do this? We each get a top five. Are we going to draft this? Because I I think going ten deep would be tough. No, let's let's. Um, uh, you throw a name out. I'll throw a name out. I mean, I think the babe has to be on. Babe has to He's be on. Babe Ruth. Babe. Yeah. Has so it's to be really on. <laughs> you really only get four other players. <laughs> Babe's I, on. There. I think Cece has to be on there. Cece, I'm not going to put up a fight about. I mean, he's Cece Sabathia. Oh, he's right. he's larger than life. You throw out another name. Um, okay. So my first one, um, and I think everyone was going to have this person on their list, Ping Bodie. Who? You, you don't remember Ping Bodie? Ping Bodie? Yeah, Ping Bodie. Um, he was a Yankee from 1918 to 1921. Um, and if you remember, Jimmy, he had an eating contest with an ostrich. Um, and he went 10 rounds of eating spaghetti, large pasta plates against the ostrich. And then on the 11th plate, Percy the ostrich stumbled and collapsed to his death. <laughs> Is that real? That's a real story. How come you never send you the link? How come you never told me that before? Found out tonight. Um, you, th- it was funny. You and I normally we don't prep anything for the voicemails. You sent me, <laughs> you sent me over two questions that we had to prep for, and I googled best eating Yankees, and the story of Ping Bodie came up. And a shows you how much time has changed. Because um, if Ping Bodie ate an ostrich to death. In person, PETA would be having a bad time. A lot of people would be having a bad time. And Jimmy, the best part of it, after the ostrich died in front of him that he out ate, he said, spaghetti makes you hungry. Can someone cook me ostrich? (laughs) I'm glad I told you to prep for this question. I didn't do any prep. Yeah, this is why I don't normally prep things, people, because when when my brain gets out there, I, I land at some odd places. Can I read some of this newspaper to them? Yeah. April 12th, the contest for the heavyweight eating championship of the world between Perry the Ostrich and Ping Bodie of the Yankees drew a packed house to the Southside Pavilion last night. Percy the Ostrich quit on the 11th platter and Sheriff Donahue, the referee, declared Bodie the undisputed eating champion of the world. The match was promoted by the Jacksonville Chamber of Commerce, which has been advertising Percy as the world's greatest eater. Colonel T.L. Hugden who foots the fodder bill for Bodie, laughed at these pretensions, and the challenge followed. Wow, so the guy who, like, cooks for the Yankees was like, that ostrich is, like, you haven't met Ping Bodie. Yeah. He can out-eat anyone. I cook his meals in the clubhouse every day. Um, okay, hold on. Bo- uh, Bodie, whose real name is Francisco Pisoli. Good Italian boy eating pasta. I get, get that. I've been how did, there. How do you get two nicknames? How did you get Ping Bodie from Francisco Pasoli? That's how it goes, man. Um, he is a challenger. He chose spaghetti. The bout was not, not advertised as it was feared that the state of federal authorities might intervene 
in view of the brutality in terms of the match. Jesus. So they, they knew the risk going in. Yeah. Uh, let me find the good part. I think we got it, bud. <laughs> I think we... The ostrich staggered out of his corner with his head shaking. It was plain that he had little further to go. Bodie grinned. Jesus, so the, he killed an ostrich. Okay, so Ping Bodie's on the list. Yeah, Ping Bodie's hey, a no doubt. Oh, that scared the hell out of me. Whoa. That scared me. I jumped. Um, okay, Jake, so did you have any other research that you need to throw my way? Um, well, you're up. I, you know, We're passing it back and forth. I'm taking Ichiro. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Um, Guys who work yeah, think- out that often, who are in such good shape, just crush calories. And I yeah, think there's a little Kobayashi thing there. I think people watched um, Ichiro eat in the doghouse and were like, where does it all go? Yeah, he's got see. So that's interesting. So a, I did have Hideki Arabu potentially on my list. Um, and I think you're right. I think him and Ichiro would be the classic eat off battle. Skinny guy, fat guy. Who's, who's got it. Um, and I probably bet Ichiro. I mean, he's the hall of famer, but, um, who, uh, oh, so I had a I have a theory that's around the Ichiro theory. Okay. So all right, let's think about this. Who's who's gonna eat a lot? You need you need a big guy, someone who's kind of weird, which is always lefties, and know who's always in. There's always everyone knows people who just eat, and those people are like tall and skinny. I've got Andy Pettit as a dark horse big eater. Like I bet I could see Andy Pettit having some stories. Like, yeah, man, I, I went out, was hunting that deer, and then I came back, and I, you know, took the skin off of it, and then next thing you know, I'd ate the whole deer. <laughs> Guys are like, "What?" He's like, yeah, I ate the whole deer one sitting. Roger Clemens probably ate a ton too. Yeah, but his was like planned. He doesn't have skinny guy eating. There's a danger. There's a dangerous eating world out there of like stretched out skinny guys. Judge and Stan probably eat a ton. Just because yeah. they need to, but it's like measured. Like those those guys are new age. Like if oh, it's just Stan's a wing been, contest, Stanton has been counting his macros for a decade. Yeah, like if it's a wing contest, I don't think those guys are going to do so hot. And then, so um, who's everyone going to tell us? They're just going to tell us all the fat players, right? Like how could you yeah, not Sydney do Ponson? How could you not do Wells? How could you not do uh, Bartolo Colon? I had Wells on there. I had Wells on my final list. See, but Wells feels like his stomach only has so much room. And half of it's beer. Right, but he's also like, Wells is a fierce competitor. Like, Wells would see Ichiro and just get mad and be like, I won't stop till I die. Wells is like poisoning the other food with something that makes them quit. Like, he's, he's taking that route. It's a game plan. It's gamesmanship, for Works. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that my, my only other sleeper sleeper was Yogi. Um. Just because I pictured Yogi just little man in it, just he like I'm picturing Yogi Berra looking around the room and seeing CC Sabathia, Aaron Judge, all these giant humans, and being like, you know what? I'm Yogi Berra. If I have to eat myself to death, I will do it. Yogi is bowing out, like he's doing it, and he looks around at all the other people, and he's like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. But he'd be fun to have there, so I still pick him. Pick him as the commentator. Yes. Or he's coaching Ichiro. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think we had that. I think we got it. 
Hey, boys, it's Suzanne, transplanted Yankee fan from originally upstate New York, now down in the D.C. metro area. I just thought of a really fun question that I would love to hear you guys' opinion on. So a couple years ago, the Yankees uh, did a recreation of the Sandlot that you're killing me small scene. And I was just wondering if you guys had any opinion on another childhood classic that you would love to see the boys recreate. I was thinking about it, and I would actually really enjoy seeing the run home bit from uh, Angels in the Outfield, where Danny Glover tells the very tiny child to run home, and he instead of running to home base, he runs all the way home. Um, let me know what you guys think. Thanks. Bye. Do you know that scene? It's a really funny scene. I forgot all about yeah. that scene in that movie. Run home. Runs all it's a great home. scene. So they did the, the Sandlot. The Yankees did it a while ago with Ellsbury and McCann and all that crew. Gardner was in there. Uh, this was another one I told you to prep. So did you prep something for this as well? Yeah, I, I didn't prep as well for this one. Um, you're you're more so a big baseball movie guy than I am. Uh, you're more of a movie guy than I am. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a couple round ideas, but I, I'd like to hear what, what you have first. I think some have been done. Like I saw a college team did the hidden ball trick in Little Big League. That's kind of fun. Right. Uh, Randy Jackson uh, or, uh, not, or Ken Griffey Jr. The, the Randy Jackson? Yeah, but he's pitching, and Ken Griffey Jr. robbing Lou in Little Big League would be like the way they filmed it is very intense, like all slow mos and close ups. And then Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. runs and robs it. Can see Hicks playing the robbing part, and uh, like Cece on the mound. Like that would be a cool one to recreate. They'd have to be the Mariners, so that's a real team. So that's kind of weird, right? Oh, what about Hardball? Domingo Herman on the mound singing, "I like it when you call me Big yeah. Pop." But oh, that would kill it, man! If, yeah, I think that's it. And then, oh, that would be wow! That would be hugely viral. And then Glaber Torres could be G Baby. Yeah, he is G Baby. Just doesn't. We die. gotta talk. We gotta talk to Stucco. Yeah, yeah. They should. That's what they should do. They should Shoot. recreate the Cucumbus. Yeah, that's really good. Savvy uh, or Domingo on the bump, that. doing the big Papa song. Boone is Keanu. Boone is Keanu is actually really good too. Um, yeah, so they need to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I um, <laughs> my, as you well know, my ideas. <laughs> as we saw, I haven't had a good Jakey giggle session in a while. As we know, with Ping Bodie, my ideas can kind of go out to the deep end what they want to. I I mean, my a lot of my baseball movies revolve around major league. Um, a something else they could do which would be big money is if if they did the credit card commercial where they're all standing there in tuxedos and doing like bad baseball acting like a just do that with a credit card company and then get all the money from it the yankees yeah um b i mean i also i was trying to think of a good way to do it with the whole wild thing sleeping with dorn's wife um, and there's really no pretty or fun way to do it, so I'll I'll bow out on that. I thought of an idea that I think is good, and I kind of I want to make it on my own, so I feel like okay. nervous sharing it because someone might right. steal it, or that means I really got to make it now. You seen for love of the game with Kevin Costner? Yeah, I don't I don't know it that well, but yeah. So they're playing against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Vin Scully's announcing. 
And at the last batter, they send up, like, Finn Scully's like, oh, French off the bench, making his debut, so young, he's too dumb to know the magnitude of the moment. And then Kevin Costner strikes him out. But I want to edit it together so it's Tyro Estrada, and he ruins the perfect game and gets a, a base hit. And I'll I'll put his uh, bases clearing double swing in there or like that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do that, I don't know if anyone's going to steal it, but I, I'm, I'm happy you're happy. That's a good idea. So they're ruining the perfect game from the movie. It's like what you yeah. said about Tyro. He's too young and dumb to know the moment. And that's what Vin Scully says about that character. He'll never know. That's perfect. Who will yeah. never know? Uh, uh, Tyro, about being young and dumb. If he gets old and he looks back, he'll be like, oh, man, I was young and dumb. No, he'll never know. All right. You want to move on or you got another one? No, the the hardball's really good. We uh we actually might have to to pull some strings around that. Uh this is uh Brian from North Carolina. I like to nominate Tanaka for Stay in Your Lane, bro award. Every time he tries something new like base running or kick saving, he always gets hurt. So stay in your lane, bro. Bring the raise to Charlotte. Thank you. Bring the Rays to Charlotte is how he ended. Well, then are you not going to be a Yankee fan anymore, dude? That sounds like you're asking for an out. No, you can you can want a sports team in your town. I don't know. Seems like you might yeah. become a Rays fan if they come to the Charlotte Rays. It's a fair game. Charlotte needs Well, anyway, them. that was the first time we had someone call in. At, I think that was the first time we had someone call in and give an award themselves. Yeah. Which Power play. I like it. Stay in your lane, bro, for Tanaka. I agree with it. Just pitch, man. There'd have to be a good Angels in the outfield scene for the Yankees too, right? Yeah, you'd need like magic and shit. Maybe Gio Urshela being God, they just do angel wings at him. (laughs) Yeah, could do. Like Every time Gio Urshela makes a play, let's just CGI some wings on him and put the Angels in the outfield music behind it. All right. Cool. All right. uh, One more. What's up, boys? It is Jordan from Boston. Quick question. As a kid, whose batting fans did you imitate the most? Thanks. Have a good one. Do you know? I mean, I know. I didn't know I did it at the time. Okay. I played baseball every facet. Like, when I look back now as a kid, as a youth, throughout middle school, high school, like Derek Jeter. Like, I did his batting stance and his mannerisms in the plate. And I didn't realize I did it until um, until like that batting stance guy came out. Uh, you know, that or no, we were playing wiffle ball once and my dad was asking me to like try and do my best impressions of everyone's stance. So do Jeter. So I did it and I was like, oh, shit, that's just how I swing. Pretty close. No skill, but the stance right. and like the. The like just the way he kind of like moved in the box. Yeah. Makes sense. He was like my biggest idol in the world. So do you have anyone like that Jeter guy? Big Jeter fan growing up. Um, everyone did the Sheffield. I mean that if you find anyone in like a ten year radius of our age, they did the Gary Sheffield. But no, but who was your batting stance? My personal batting stance, and it's <laughs> One of my many regrets in this world, 
Um, I copied Albert Pujols after a while. Um, it's when he was just absolutely the best. Um, so I just brought my my back elbow really far up, and I kind of had a nice little bounce in my in my step. Um, I ended up after I started copying Pujols, uh, just topping every ball. Yeah, he's got um, really he, wide legs. Yeah, really wide. He stands really wide and as tall as he can while being wide, which isn't good for my frame. Um, if I could go back, if I if I could go back, if I knew, <laughs> which I knew my size, I would have mimicked Altuve's swing to a T. Because I would have seen someone my size doing what he does. Um, the pool host was a giant mistake in my baseball game. <laughs> What's Altuve? It's just very like basic, right? It's uh, yeah. I feel like he keeps his legs close together, and then he kind of like just explodes with everything he's got at the ball, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, how weird is it? Do you think there's people out there that grew up in Boston that mimicked like Euclid or Pedroia? Oh, absolutely. That's 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 fucked. Little leaguers in Massachusetts must have been like, "What are you guys doing? Bunch of eight year olds hitting like idiots." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure there must there must have been a few David Justices out there. The big leg kick. Um, trying to think, Knoblock had a had a bat. There's definitely a bunch of Knoblocks out there. Yeah, he- just going full flat bat. Knoblock was a weird stance. It's a weird sport. <laughs> it really is a it's weird. It's a really sport. weird sport. Uh, oh, dude. Google uh, Knobloch batting stance. The first couple pictures. The second picture is bizarre. It's bizarre. And then, yeah, the... <laughs> and, then, and then Craig Council came up. Oh, my God. Craig Council. Craig Council is a bad one. <laughs> Yo, go Google pictures of, of Craig Council sticking his bat. Straight yeah. in the air. That's really bad. Um, who was it? And uh, how about wasn't it Fernando Tatis Senior? Um, I, I'm pretty sure he was one of the first like wide, wide open ones. I know everyone used to mimic that in in uh, wiffle ball. I forgot about councils, man. I'm blown away that that's real. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It looks like his arms are trying to get sucked up a spaceship and he's trying to fight him back from not being sucked up into a spaceship. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Worked. Oh, yeah. All right. That ends this episode, guys. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for listening. If you want to call in and be on next episode, it's 908-845-5792. If you want to hear us before the game, we have a fun pregame show we've been doing. It's like 20 minutes we record uh, three hours before game time, usually as soon as they drop the lineups. We like to go on. We talk about the pitching matchups for that day, what hitters have good stats. We talk about what Jake's looking at, what I'm looking at, um, what the bullpen usage and situation will be. We have a little homer draft. We we bet on the under, over and under. Did we get it? What was it today? You got it, right? It was the over for sure? Yeah. 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 I think you got it. So good job. Thanks, man. Um, so tune in for that. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can find it on the Talking Yanks Twitter. We'll get you there. I think Facebook sometimes will get you there as well. But it's always on TalkingYanks.com right before the game. So go check those out. Leave a voicemail. Uh, Katie Shap uh, with Sharp Stats tomorrow. Katie Shap. 
We're doing a lot of stuff. You guys are tuning yeah. in, so we like it. Uh, we've been busy, and thank you guys very much. Fun, fun little Monday night game today. Hopefully we get another fun one tomorrow. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees. <laughs>